1: Um, well, first, we're going to have a really good laugh about Chris Owings. Like, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna say Chris Owings and we're going to laugh, kind of like we're, we're doing right now. And I may just say Chris Owings and then we could just both giggle a little bit and then move on with our, with our day. And I may just use this audio right now to talk about that because, oh, man, what are they
2: so, doing? <laughs> so the Rockies signed Chris Owings to my early deal and, uh, well, that was something that happened. <laughs> Moving on, but like, I don't don't know.
1: But like, really, what are they doing? Like,
2: where, where would he ever play?
1: In the minor leagues in Albuquerque. Yeah, it's going to be great. The the, what you're hearing right now are the uh, sultry dulcet tones of uh, Austin Bristow, uh, resident uh, senior
2: writer at Pitcher List. I feel like you've been around there for a while now, right? Oh man, I mean, I, I think I came in December of 2017. Um, so if that makes me a senior writer then cool. I think you my are. official old head my official job title at Pitcher List is staff manager still, I believe, but uh, I'll take the senior writer too. I'll t- that's, a, that's definitely a that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, you're an old head at PitcherList. You've been there, you've been there for a while,
1: and uh, and I look to you uh, and and how to behave and uh, to put forth my best face because you are you're one of the you're one of the dudes
2: there. Well, hey, I just, uh, you know, I try to take what Nick does and do it just a little bit worse. (laughs) And uh, and so so Austin does all sorts of stuff all over
1: the website. What do you like? What's the thing that you're most proud of doing on Pitcher List?
2: Um, Oh, boy. Well. Last offseason, I did my top 300 rankings, and I had a lot of the the on-the-list podcasts going with that. I've had to step back from on-the-list a bit uh, because I just had a very busy uh, 2019, but I'm hoping to get back into that very soon, so look forward to that. But I've also, this offseason, I've been working with a lot of the staff doing the pitch database where we take... Each pitch from every pitcher, and make it a, an individual GIF of them, and then write blurbs about those GIFs. Who's, who's, the, about, who's the most uh, like
1: underrated pitch that you've seen? That you're just like, why doesn't anybody talk about this
2: person or this thing? Zach Gallen. Uh, yeah. Just, just overall, I'm very excited to see what he does in 2020. He's dirty. Oh, his stuff is so much fun to watch. Uh, so, so his uh. F- I
1: guess his former pitcher – or pitching mate. I don't know if that's the right word. Sandy Alcantara is one of my dudes. Like his curveball. Oh, so man. We,
2: if Alcantara could figure out just like another pitch besides that one, yeah. he could be good. Yes. Yes. Also, um, so
1: we're very uh, pro-German uh, Marquez. Uh, podcast here so go ahead and uh, just say a few nice things about uh, Mr. Marquez
2: Uh, I have been a big fan of uh, Herman Marquez since his breakout a couple years back and I just want him to do it again I drafted him in like all my leagues last year it didn't, it didn't go, go well. well. No, it didn't um, go well for any of us, but we're still on board. And now I'm now yeah I'm trying to convince myself why I shouldn't draft him this year, but it's not going well, so I'm probably gonna do it again. Hey, but at least this year I get the discount, and so it, if if it doesn't go well again, then. At least I didn't pay a like sixth round pick for him. Well, like some people's Matt <laughs> Shoemaker
1: or James Paxton is our German Marquez. Like that's all I'm gonna I mean, like we are we, we have
2: our guy, we love him, and we're always gonna love him. Exactly. And it's just you gotta you gotta stick with it and until the one day that he finally, you know, breaks the camel's back.
1: Um so so speaking of uh Marquez, he's a Colorado Rocky. And you, sir, you wrote on the Colorado Rockies uh hitters, uh hitter analysis for Pitcherless during this offseason. Um so we are going to just dive into all sorts of different names and uh prospects when it comes to the Colorado Rockies. And um There are a list of names that we're going to jump into right now. David Dahl, Rymel Tapia, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, Charlie Blackman, and Nolan Arenado. Um, But there are at least four other names that we could have touched on beyond this, like Tony Walters, who I don't know about you, but huge Tony Walters guy here. Huge. Oh?
2: No. Was that – I was gonna say is this I can't tell if that was sarcasm, but I really hope it was no it, it really was like, in my uh, in in my Tony Walters breakdown um I had to give a best and worst case scenario for everyone so the the I'll just say the worst case scenario I said he loses his starting role due to being an easily replaceable bat he he's probably not worth drafting nor will he ever be picked up. He'll just sit there gracing the waiver wire with his mustache all season.
1: You know what? The, you know a real, really good bat for a catcher uh, in the Rocky system right now is uh, Tom Murphy. You know, I could see him doing well in
2: Colorado. I I, you know, wouldn't I that wouldn't be something? Be, they should trade for him. I could see it honestly. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Someone they could trade for him would be a former big leaguer uh, that's they, that's now on a minor league deal with them. I'm just it's just spitball. I I don't know. Um.
1: Oh, you know what? Like another guy that used to be in the NL West. Like maybe like a slappy hitter that doesn't really quite do much of anything. That sounds like
2: someone that's right up the Mariners alley. Oh, you know what? I got it. Chris Owings. (laughs) No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the Rockies did sign Chris Owings to a minor league deal, which is just silly. The most unfortunate thing in the world. (laughs) It's just... How pop quiz? How old is Chris Ellings? Um, thirty-one. I'm pretty sure he's like twenty-eight. Oh, let me check real <laughs> quick to make sure. But I I checked before the pod, and I'm pretty sure he's like still young, which is sad.
1: Oh, man. Like,
2: yeah, yep, yep. He's twenty-eight. He's entering his age oh. twenty-eight uh, season. Oh, poor guy. That's he just so. he just kind of forgot how to hit after he turned twenty three Uh, he's he's been ever
1: so i mean all right so this has been our chris chris owings moment on the podcast um, I hope everybody appreciated that. <laughs> Jesus. That's so sad. Like every I wish him the best. Did you see that on the there, uh, in uh, by the way, if you have not joined the Discord um channel, if you're not a supporter of Pitcherlist, you really should. The Discord channel's awesome. There's so much good like con- content and commentary in there. Um today was the fun. Matt Libator uh trade. Um, and so everybody's just kind of going back and forth about that. But there was a moment where somebody was backing up Chris Owings and saying that, that was a really interesting signing. I I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but that needs to not be the case. It's not interesting and it's sad.
2: On the Libertor deal, I own Jose Martinez in my dynasty league, so I'm excited about that. I could deal. not be more excited at this moment. Oh, that, that went as well as it could have for him. <laughs> I, I literally
1: – I was in that dis, the Discord channel and I said uh, Jose Martinez is very on brand for Tampa. So just keep an eye on that when it was kind of trickling out what the names might be. And sure enough, he was in the deal. And I felt very good about that. Like I
2: felt like strong in my knowledge of baseball knowing that exactly. Jose Martinez would he's, be a part of it. He's definitely going to shoot up my rankings now. Like he'll probably – he'll be within the top 200 now that he's with Tampa. Right. He's, he, hopefully he's what Yandy Diaz was supposed to be. And Yandy Diaz still could be. But yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'd love to see from him. He's got a great contact bat with with surprising amount of pop. And he could do really well as a DH there for them. Exactly. So so, so but we're not here to talk about the Rays.
1: That's right. We are not. Although, just to dovetail here really quick, German Marquez used to be a Ray and then was traded to the Carlo Rodorakis. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's there's a lot of symmetry here. Um, so David Dahl um, is David Dahl is healthy?
2: Uh, I, uh, I mean, he will he will start the season in uh, spring training more than likely, um, and ha- from there we'll see what we get. And if he is healthy, then then what? What are we expecting? I mean, if you could guarantee me. Like 550 played appearances from I David I cannot Dahl. do that. But if, but that if could. In, in a hypothetical scenario where I know that's what I'm going to get, I mean, it, I feel like you're going to get 25 home runs, 10 stolen bases, and a 300 average. It just seems like what he's definitely capable of. But, I mean, I compared him in my write-up to Troy Tulowitzki. It's just that Colorado guy who's very talented But cannot stay on the field You had a better comp to David Dahl That um, I want to read to the listeners right
1: now I believe Much like the Starks in Winterfell There must always be a talented Yet ridiculously injury Injury prone player In Coors Field He, he um, He is the Ned Stark of
2: Colorado Rocky players Exactly At one point it was too low And now it's Dahl And his head will be cut off at some point Spoiler alert Hey man, uh, that's not till the end of uh, season 21. So
1: so uh David Dell has everything, right? Like we are we we're, were he's got he's got the bat, he's got the contact, he has some power, um he can steal some bags. If he has a full season in a, from a dynasty perspective, where would you rank him for outfielders? Where would you have him? Oh
2: jeez. Um I probably put him somewhere if I knew he was going to have a full season, it it'd be top thirty outfielders at that point. Yeah, but I we cannot go under that assumption. I mean, this past season was the most play appearances we've seen from him, and it was still only four hundred thirteen. And it was yeah, I, I,
1: and I just like between him and Corey Dickerson, and like there's just never been that season so let me ask you a couple would you rather's for david Dahl, and you tell me whether or not you're you're higher or lower here okay sure uh and i, I think that this is a very interesting one david Dahl or nick senzel
0: hmm
2: in a dynasty i'll take senzel um honestly no read i'll take senzel okay so Sen- senzel
1: and both yep all right so uh david Dahl or mitch hanniger Ooh. So, so keep that's in a, mind what happened one. to Mitch Hanager. So I don't want to. I don't to. know. People are really worried about him. People are very worried.
2: I really don't want to <laughs> think about what happened to Haniger. <laughs> it's the most horrifying injury that I've heard in a while. Poor, poor man. But he should be healthy coming into 2019. I'll take Haniger and redraft Dahl and Dynasty. Okay. Uh, and then I'll give you one more. Um,
1: Andrew Benintendi. No, why do you got to do me like that? I,
2: I you know, oh, I asked the hard question. I want, the, I want the answer to be Benintendi, but, but it's way closer than it should be, which is really sad because I've been a Benintendi fan for a while and I do own him in my dynasty league as well. What What's bringing you off of Benintendi? Like, what does Dahl have that Benintendi does not? Uh. Good late numbers good underlying metrics and a better hitting environment but i i think at this point i'll still take benintendi um mostly because i he's gonna stay on the field right but the i don't know true talent level which one of them is the better player okay
1: So for a ceiling wise though, I think I'd probably take Dahl over Benintendi just because if Dahl has a full healthy season, I think that he could outperform Benintendi.
2: Oh, I don't disagree at all. No, I I I would that it's just a matter of I don't know if he is capable of staying on the field. Fair. Fair.
1: So so you you're you're lukewarm to
2: mildly hot on David Dahl. Yeah, I I think Dahl is a very talented hitter. Um and I know the Rockies are going to want him in the lineup for as often as he can be there. It's just I do not expect him to get 500 plate appearances in 2020. That's fair. Um
1: all right. So so over under on David Dahl. Um 1000 plate appearances over the course of 2 seasons. Under. Under. Okay. Um, Moving on. Rymel Tapia or Garrett Hansen? Which one has the most productive fantasy career? And follow-up question. Why do the
2: Rockies hate young talent? Um, The Rockies hate young talent because they are run – by boomers, I don't know. But That's fair. I think that that's right. But I I don't know. I, I I've all, I've been a fan of Tapia for quite a while. Um I think he's one of the better contact hitters in the game and I think we're going to see that very soon if he gets an opportunity to play. I'm hoping that uh, they stop playing Ian Desmond this year and just put him on the bench and leave him there? So that guys like Hampson and Tapia can play. When it comes down to it, the f- for fantasy purposes, I think Hampson's got a much more interesting profile, mostly because he can steal a lot of bases, whereas Tapia can steal some. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be it's going to come down to playing time and if they're going to have their careers with Colorado, because. Boy, do they have a lot of outfielders over there! So I'm gonna, so I many would not be surprised to make, see them make a trade, even before the 2020 season. Um, and if if either of them are not in Colorado, I'm still interested in them, though of course slightly less so.
1: Yeah. So so you're picking Hampson over Tapia in uh, overall dynasty just because you feel like he'll have the more productive
2: career um, based on stolen bases correct yeah i think they're both kind of that uh, low power kind of contact oriented swing but hampson's got a much better chance to get you 30 steals you
1: have um some speculation that hampson could end up stealing some time from ryan mcmahon
2: that What's is that all possible? About? I mean, if we remember going into last season, uh, the big playing time battle was a second base with uh, Hampson and McMahon. Um, so it's possible that that could happen, but McMahon kind of entrenched himself into that second base role this past season. I think the Rockies are pretty satisfied with leaving him there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if he, Hampson could get any time there. If If he does, I think the issue is going to be that McMahon's strikeout rate continues to rise. Um, McMahon had a 30% strikeout rate this past season, which was higher than I had remembered when I went back to write this. I was like, wow, he he managed to hit 250 while striking out 30% of the time? That's actually kind of impressive. So if his strikeout rate does continue to rise, that's McMahon... I could see him getting worse than last year, hitting near maybe like 220 and having a pretty rough time of it. So that in if that's the case, Garrett Hampson has played second base, but there's also Brendan Rogers to deal with at that point. Or if they, for whatever reason, decide that they want to put Daniel Murphy there, which wouldn't surprise me. Ian Desmond's... So Oh, God. Let's put Ian Desmond at shortstop. Let's do that.
1: (laughs) It's happened before. But, hey, seriously, though, Garrett Hampson struck out 27% of the time last year. It wasn't like he was like a golden child on
2: getting on base, right? Oh, no. Hampson Hampson definitely had the worst season between he, McMahon. Of of McMahon, Hampson, and Tapia, Hampson did have the worst season of the three. Yeah. I'm just not sure we've seen... I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, clearly. And I think he's still got an opportunity to be a productive um, hitter, especially in fantasy circles. Okay. All right. So,
1: so you, do you think, let, let's play a little over under with Rymel Tapia, because I feel like we've, we took a lot of time talking about Hamson. Uh, Rimeo Tapia is currently, at least in your mind, a fourth outfielder, right? Yes. So we have Charlie Blackman out there and we have, who else? Ian
2: Desmond? Um, so let's see. At this point it's Blackman, um, Doll, and then probably some strange mix of Desmond, Hampson, Tapia. Okay, so Though there is one more dark horse in uh, Sam Hilliard. I don't know about all that. Hey, he exists.
1: <laughs> he does. He does, in fact, exist. You're right. You're right. So um, over under. Number of plate appearances in 2020 for Raimel Tapia, 330. I'll take
2: the over on that one. Okay. All right. He had 447 last year. Um, hit 273 in those in those appearances went nine home runs nine steals i think the rockies kind of liked what they saw and he was he was getting a lot more of those appearances towards the end of the season he can play center field not particularly well um as of right now roster resource actually has david Dahl in center um that seems like a mistake yeah i don't know if Dahl has the glove for center and also that's more taxing on the body, and we need all to stay healthy. Um, but right now, that's what they're seeing with a uh, with a three-way split of left field between Ian Desmond, Tapia, and Hilliard.
1: Yeah, three-ways are messy. There's not like – you don't want to be really involved with them. They always seem like a good idea, but you just don't want to
2: really – Lots of moving pieces. You, yeah. you need really need to sit down and talk about things ahead of time. Yeah. Otherwise, someone's going to leave upset and very sticky. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. And so, um, so.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying this so far. Okay. So, uh, so Raimel Tapia is is a fourth outfielder. Initially, do you feel like he eventually gets
2: into that every day role? I do because uh, David Dahl going to get hurt. And Ian Desmond is bad at baseball, and so that's going to leave um, Tapia, Hampson, and Hilliard as the main three for the last two spots in the outfield there. I feel like
1: you're you're tiptoeing around Hilliard, so just go off on him for a second.
2: Go ahead. I like... I kind of like Sam Hilliard. Uh, he's He's got an interesting power-speed combo. He strikes out way too much, but hey, he struck out less than both Hampson and McMahon last year. I mean, in 2019 last season, in 126 games at AAA, he hit 35 home runs with 22 stolen bases. And that's in 27 attempts. So he's he's got an interesting profile. He knows how to take a walk. Um, he walked uh, about 10% between both uh, his cup of coffee in the majors and AAA. It's interesting. I don't know that he's going to continue to have that success with his swing and miss as uh, as much as it is at this point. But there is definitely a path to a productive major leaguer there
1: okay I just I feel like Rymel Tapia has the better splits he knows how to take an approach to both righties and lefties I feel like Rymel Tapia can be a prototypical number two hitter and be a very 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 good one and I just it blows my mind that they can't figure out a way to put him in there for everyday at bats outside of the fact that they pay a lot of money for Ian Desmond but that's not Rymel Tapia's fault that's that's the GM's fault so yeah
2: I I made a prediction in 2016 that uh bef- before the end of his career Raimal Tapia would win a batting title and I'm sticking by that one holy god Sam Hilliard is 6'5 238 he's a big boy he is massive with lots of raw power and speed he uh holy god yeah I was reading a bit on him he's apparently let's see where to have that he he actually didn't play a lot of baseball in until like college and so he's very raw still um, so he's the if he can figure out the hit tool oh boy yeah
1: all right so um over under number of inches that Ryan McMahon is shorter than than
2: Sam Hilliard five Oh, Oh gosh, I I am unfamiliar with Ryan McMahon and how large he may or may not be. I'll take the under. It is it is under five
1: inches. He is it, Ryan McMahon is six two, so I mean, okay, but, that's, Jesus, that's six five, right. figure. so big. Ryan oh, McMahon, a... um, Ryan McMahon is
2: very meh, like yeah. very meh. Yeah, he. He he is very mad. Was, last season it was 24 homers, 5 steals, a 250 average. So like I said that 30% K rate, he had a 10% walk rate, so he knows how to take a walk as well, but the big issue for him is he hits the ball on the ground way too much for someone with the profile like he does. He has, he had a 51% ground ball rate this past season. What? Yeah, and that's not what you want to see. No, of, it's not what you want. Out of, because he's got good raw power and he's in Coors Field. He could be hitting, you know, 30 homers with 35 doubles each year if he was able to, you know, actually get the ball off the ground more often. So I, I'm i hoping that that's something that the Rockies organization goes up to him and says, OK, Ryan, um, buddy. So when they throw the ball, we'd like you to put it in the air instead of hitting yourself in the ankle. And so with that being a thing that is like an approach thing, something that he can actively make, take steps to fix, I have hope that he will improve even just into next year. So so I'm looking at this, the ground ball
1: rate uh, for qualified batters. Um, where do you think Ryan McMahon falls uh, as far as, like, in comparison to other major leaguers? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's top 10. He is top 10. Can, can you give me
2: three names that might be higher than he is? Uh, Ian Desmond. Nope. Dang, that's not good. Um, uh, D
1: Gordon? No, no sir. I'm going to give you one more. This is Family Feud style.
2: Oh boy, uh, who hits the ball on the ground a lot? Um... I'll
1: give you. Some, I'll give you a hint. Okay. NL shortstops. Dansby Swanson. No sir. Uh, here, here we go. I'll give you. I'll give you a couple highlights. Jose Iglesias, Gene Segura, Orlando Arcia, Elvis Andrus, Malik Smith, Lurie Garcia, Eric Cosmer, and Wilson Ramos.
2: That's some uh, that's some good company. So out there, so Ryan.
1: so uh, Eric Hosmer and Ryan McMahon, uh, similar question. Honestly, mark?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a decent comp, I think. Um, and I think you could see McMahon having a similar career trajectory as Hosmer. So it's someone that is definitely usable, especially at a major league. Like in real baseball terms, that's a good player. That's someone you would like to have on your team. But in fantasy, it's just nothing special because I really I think he has the power to hit 30 home runs. It's just a matter of if he's going to lift the ball enough to do so. There is a lot of similarities in their numbers. And, yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting comp I hadn't thought
1: about that until you brought it up just now Yeesh All right, But you don't want that in your uh, So 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 Ryan McMahon Where are you rostering him in a dynasty format?
2: I mean, because he's second base eligible That does help quite a bit I, I still see second base as the Weakest non-catcher position at this point um, So I'm definitely still interested in owning him um, So He's I mean, I'm looking at my these are my redraft rankings uh, that I'm putting together for the site right now, and I've got him at second base. Let's see, where's he ranked there? Uh, he's I got him as my 16th, no, no 15th. Sorry, ranked second baseman uh, behind guys like Tommy Edmond, Kevin Biggio, um, Eduardo Escobar. So that's for that is for redrafts' sake. So I I took all three of those guys over him in dynasty as well. So. He's definitely if you're in a dynasty league, he's ownable, um, if only for a bench bat that you hope turns into something more.
1: Correct. So um, I'm corner infielder, and uh, 16 teams
2: are deeper for your first base. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Actually, he's not first base eligible. He's second and third. Not in, at all. At least in at least in ESPN leagues. But he he's would catch
1: like, up pretty fast, right? We we we're penciling
2: him in at first base for the Rockies this year, right? Oh no, that's going to be uh, Daniel Murphy. No, oh. really. Ryan Mc- Ryan McMahon is slotted in to be their second baseman this year. Oh God, oh mm-hmm. God. I see. I see why you're doing the thing now. Okay, fair.
1: <laughs> that's fair. All right. So, um, so uh, Father Time comes to us all. Um, death knocks at our door every day. Um, Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado. Uh, which one is uh, traded first and which one has the steeper decline? Um, so I feel like that could be two different answers.
2: I've definitely heard more buzz about Arenado. Um The Braves have been a team that's linked to him. And as a Braves fan, that would make me a very happy boy. Yeah. Um, he- but I feel like we'll, we will definitely see the decline of Blackman first. The "Father Time comes for us all" thing. In in terms of Arenado, it's just a strange thing to say. He's he's going into his age twenty nine season and just had another Arenado year where he hit three fifteen with forty one homers. I I understand it with Blackman. Blackman is definitely declining, sir. Um, sir,
1: this is a dynasty podcast. If you're entering your age twenty nine or thirty season, you're pretty much <laughs> you're pretty much in the coffin at this point.
2: I mean, no, I talked about it in my. Um, right up of the Rockies hitters. But Nolan Arenado is a generational talent on a Hall of Fame track. Like, this guy, is, he's got the skills to continue to be very very good through his 30s it would not surprise me if 35 year old nolan arenado seven years from now is still hitting 35 homers with like a 280 average that wouldn't surprise me at all seven years from now uh charlie Black will be 40 years old this past season was still pretty decent. He had, pretty, it was actually quite good. He had 32 home runs and a 314 average. So it, the one thing you're not getting from Charlie anymore is those steals. Uh, he he has dropped significantly on the Statcast cast sprint speed leaderboards. He's just, he, he doesn't have the wheels anymore. That's why they put him in right field and he's not playing center anymore. He, he is not the athlete that he used to be, but he's still a very good hitter in a very very good park so i'm still interested in owning him even in a dynasty um if you are looking to compete this next year or the year after i think this that is a guy that in a dynasty league i would be looking to acquire because he's older people are starting to see him as less valuable in that kind of format so that's a guy if you are looking to compete right now you might want to check in with the uh Chuck Nasty owner. But you're
1: implying that he basically has two more years of peak value and then you're anticipating a, a fall off, right?
2: I would. Yes. <laughs> um, luckily, he let's see. How long is his contract remaining with? He is he has a player option for 2022 and 23. So he's got a, another Uh, another couple years through 21 guaranteed in Coors Field unless they trade him, Um, which that's not a contract that's very tradable. Uh, It's not inexpensive, but I don't see too many people being excited about uh, trading for a guy like Blackman. So I feel like as long as he's in Colorado, this is a guy that has the skill set to be a doubles machine and keep that average at a very nice level. Uh, very nice rate there Permission to go off Go for it uh, Friends
1: If I have to hear one more time That Nolan Arenado Is not good outside of course, I'm going to lose my damn mind Correct If he, he hits almost 280 He hits 20 bombs Which to be clear He hits 21 home runs In Colorado Yes 351 average is very good in Colorado, but 280 is not bad outside of Coors. Can I oh, no. just He's,
2: chill he is, out? Like He is, he is a very good hitter out in general. There is the Coors hangover effect where if you are a hitter that is used to playing half your games in Denver – it is harder to pick up the movement of the pitches you see outside of that environment. So for him to hit two seventy seven and have t- half of his homers come on the road is nuts. So if he were to go and get traded to a place like Atlanta or anywhere that's literally not Colorado, it would be he has almost still be identical OBP. Exactly. I'd away. still be just fine with uh, drafting him in the first round. Everybody needs to chill. Like, it's fine. He's very
1: good still outside of course.
2: Like, just leave it's it alone. It's very strange to me that all of a sudden, for some reason in redraft leagues, we are seeing him slip to the second round. I don't know why that is. He hasn't gotten worse. And really, the environment around him hasn't gotten that much better. But for whatever reason, people seem to not value him as much as they did two years ago. I'm so confused. I love knowing Arenado. So from a
1: fantasy perspective, who would you rather have, Arenado or Bregman? I'll take Bregman, but it's close. Okay. And uh, Arenado or Devers?
2: Uh, Arenado. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. even even in a dynasty league i'll still take air not yeah yeah
1: that's fair all right so i'm gonna do a quick would you rather with blackman all right um blackman
2: or um Aloy. Ooh, uh, redraft i'll take blackman dynasty eloy jimenez okay well
1: in redraft you're wrong but that's fine <laughs> I mean, it's still a lawyer no matter what.
2: Um uh Blackman or uh Whit Merrifield? Blackman Dynasty and Redraft okay uh, look, they are only a year apart in age they are that's why like a lot of people don't really recognize that and they both have similar skill set that's why I was kind of going very for that si- very similar skill set but uh, I think Blackman has a more reliable power and honestly a more reliable batting average because of the place where he plays half his games correct so
1: last one I'll give you uh, Blackman or Marte ooh um,
2: I'll take Marte in that one okay all right, not too. It's close. Far. It's it's close, but it's uh, I'd take Marte because he's got uh, he he is younger. And he'll give you some steals. All right, all right. I'm I'm don't disagree with you. All right, so um, this is
1: problematic because we agree on most things. I I don't know how to make this spicy for everybody. Um, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about prospects now.
2: Um, the the I feel like we might disagree on some of these here, so this should be fun.
1: <clears throat> oh, you think so? I don't know. I have opinions. Oh, I am thrilled to hear that. Because I mean,
2: you, you left be... off two of the guys I wanted to talk about, including Sam Hilliard that we've already discussed.
1: Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about a guy that we kind of danced around a little bit earlier and, and technically because he still is a prospect. Um, so so the the Rocky system is fine-ish. Yep. And I mean, I don't know. And then you start digging into it more and it's kind of like, eh,
2: eh. It is is a very middling
1: place to be right now. You you don't feel great about it. And then you see some of these names and you're like, ooh, ooh. And then you start digging into it a little bit more and you're like, I don't, uh, ah, nah. So, um, so let's let's pick up on a couple of these guys. Let's start off with Brendan Rodgers because obviously he's the headliner. He will be on the major league team to break camp this year, correct?
2: Yes, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. I don't know if he'll have any form of starting role. I believe he'll he's going to be utilized kind of as a super utility off the bat because um, he can play all around the infield. I believe he's. He came up as a shortstop. He can play second and third as well. So uh, that's kind of their plan as far as I know with him at this point.
1: Right. And so um, with Brendan Rogers being kind of all over the place, where do you think he ends up? Like, where is his home eventually? Because you would anticipate his home being somewhere, right? I would anticipate
2: his home being a different team. Really? Really? I think he is one that could get traded for pitching. Interesting. He seems like the most likely non-outfielder to get traded from this team for me. Because I think... I really do think that the Rockies are satisfied with McMahon. And I feel like satisfied is about as, as a very... Uh, very very apt word for how they deal with their offense. They they find something that works, and they're like, yeah. So how would you feel if the
1: Rockies came out and said, you know what, we're, we're, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uh, send Brendan Rodgers back to AAA Albuquerque. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. We're going to send Brendan Rodgers back to AAA Albuquerque, and you know who's going to make the big league roster? Chris Owings, how would you, I, how would you feel would you point as a dynasty owner?
2: I would feel so confused, and I would laugh more than a little bit, and also I'd be just a little bit angry. It's basically, it, it would be a very similar feeling to how I felt after my first watching of The Last Jedi. <laughs> confused, laughing, and little angry
1: he i mean he should have a role by now right he's 23 years old why have they not
2: found him a role yet i don't get it because he was supposed to be their shortstop of the future and then trevor story stormed onto the scene trevor story wasn't supposed to be as good as he is trevor story does not give an f oh trevor story is he's a monster amazing I have him ranked fifth overall ahead of Mookie Betts in my redraft rankings this year. Okay, okay. You're out on a limb, but I, I respect it. I love me some Trevor Story. I, I, in my write-up, said, besides Yelich and Acuna, he is the most likely player in baseball to go
1: 30-30. Okay, I could see that. That's fair.
2: But I don't see it happening. But that, I mean, it's 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 I could squint and see it. Oh, man, he, he is. He's is faster than everyone thinks he is. He, he is consistently near the top on that sprint speed leaderboard and the power is legit. Sir, They're letting him sir, run.
1: we are not talking about major leaguers anymore. We are talking about five.
2: I just wanted to talk about story for just a second. But yeah, Come back. Brendan Rogers, if story hadn't burst onto the scene when he did, Rogers was on track. To come up, not if not that year, early the next. I believe story burst was scene in uh, 2017, uh, if I'm getting my dates right here, um, and Rogers was basically on track. He was doing well. They was they had basically committed to him being their shortstop the future 2016 for story. I was a year off, and so. Once that happened, they had this really cool problem that they were really pleased with. They're like, well, we've got one of the best prospects in baseball. But also, this dude just came out of nowhere and is all of a sudden better than him. Um, I guess we'll slow roast Mr. Rogers.
1: Yeah. And then uh, and then he hurt himself. Correct. That was the really unfortunate part. So, does he come back from this labor tear and be
2: better it's hard to say um a labrum tear is something that hitters um are able to come back from as long as they take their time and get healthy with it which it seems he should be fine with um luckily if he's not healthy at spring training they have no reason to to rush him, they can let him get healthy. They can keep him on the DL, give him a, a lengthy minor league rehab to let him get right. They have no reason to rush him because there's not really a spot for him right now. So I think he will come back healthy, um, even if that has to be a month or two into the season.
1: Okay, so so shortstop is incredibly deep. You have this player that will eventually, this year, lose his prospect status. Are you are you buying or selling Brendan Rodgers at this point in Dynasty League?
2: You can't sell if you own him. You are locked in at this point. Uh, his value at right now is the lowest it's been in a few years. Because uh, he had that rough year in 2018, but... Then he came up, and everyone was like, oh, yay, he's good again. And then he got hurt. So you can't really. I don't. What you would be selling him for is not what he's worth. Rubles on the dollar. Exactly. So if you. Don't own him. You may as well be like, hey, you know, he's he's got nowhere to play, and he's he's injured, and you should just give him to me. Don't actually do that. I hate when people like down-talk the player they're trying to right. acquire. Don't do that. But that might be what the owner could be thinking. If you can find an owner that is kind of ready to hop off the mr rogers wild ride then it it is an opportune time to buy i'm just not sure if you're gonna find any brendan rogers owner who's ready to sell so who'd you rather rogers or hampson at this point oh boy uh, if i had to own one just one i'll take rogers i think he's got better talent overall but he's he's got a a longer route to playing time in the colorado organization i think all right all right so
1: so let's move on uh to some first base prospects which um i mean listeners know that i do not love first base prospects there is a lot of um you can end up like Ryan McMahon. Um, you can end up like Eric Cosmer. You can end up like Josh Bell. Like, it's just, it's really, really hard to be a first base prospect. Um, see uh, CJ Cron. So I have three names here Tyler Nevin, Grant Levine, and Michael Toglia. Um, which one do you want to
2: talk about? Uh, honestly, favorite of the bunch is Levine. Um, I picked up on him last year after his rookie season, and I thought to myself, oh boy, look at that 350 average and 477 OBP. And then he came out this year. They sent him to A-ball, and he just kind of didn't do great. The strikeouts went way up. Um, He only batted 236. But I think there's still something there I think he's got to work on his um, hit tool a bit more the power is definitely there and he's got a decent eye he still managed to walk 13% of the time so this is a guy that I think if he does make it to Colorado could be a force Um, the other two guys uh, with Nevin there's the power just isn't what you want to see out of a first base prospect you you Reminds me of Eric Cosmer, because it's another like contact organic first baseman that I'm just not excited about. And I'm not really sure what to think of Toglia. Um, he's, a he he's, he a Ooh, he's a big boy. He is a big boy. He's another guy listed at 6'5, yes, 226. So the, they did challenge him in his. Um, in his first year of pro ball, instead of rookie ball, he went to low A, mm-hmm. and he he did all right. 248 average, nine home runs in 41 games. You'd hope that out of a college bat, yeah. So it's it was not unimpressive. I'm just I haven't Switched had hitter. an opportunity exactly. Lots so of it's, power? there's definitely there's definitely things to be interested here. He's a Big boy that swings hard, and he's got a good eye at the plate. Sixteen percent walk right there. It's going to be interesting to see his career pan out. I just I haven't had an opportunity to look too much into him at this point, so I'm gonna to have to going to, have to take a closer look. Uh, so he's he's definitely a plus uh,
1: plus fielder. So you have that. I don't know what that means really for first baseman, but he's a plus infielder. Um, and I just – I kind of like him. I kind of like the fact that uh, he's a big boy. He's got a lot of power to him, and he's a switch hitter. So so give me that. Give me that all day. And um, if I'm in a – let's just say like 14-team league where I have 200-plus prospects, um, he's a guy that I'm taking a flyer on at the first-year player draft at the end.
2: Um, he's definitely – Which of these guys do you think has the
1: earliest ETA? That is a fascinating question. It's probably um, Levine more so than anybody. I think that they're going to be out on Nevin pretty fast. I think they look at Nevin and they're like, I don't know. Um, but the the reason that I would say Levine is just because he's been in the system a little bit longer. But I feel like um, Toglia's bat's probably a little more polished. And so yeah, I, c- I can get behind that. Yeah, and I think that he could eventually be the guy that, if you were to tell me at the end of this year, Michael Toglia is the best first base prospect in in Colorado, I would say yeah, of course he is. Um, but for right now, at the beginning of the season, I'm going to go ahead and say Levine. Um, but yeah, Toglia is definitely a guy that I'm going on and saying, hey, he's my back end top 200 prospect. Um, yeah. that i'm taking a flyer on and oh all of a sudden he's hitting 35 bombs in colorado hell yeah thank you i'll take that yep. all day cash um so so let's move on uh because we got a few other players here that we want to talk about um ryan velati 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 i don't know what do you
2: want to how do you want to say that I was thinking it was Velotti so that's, that's we'll go with that one. Okay, Ryan Vellati. Do you have any thoughts? Or... V-I-L-A-D-E, for really those of you who uh, want to look him up. Yeah. Do you have any yeah, thoughts? Yeah, he's... I am more interested now, after his 2019 season, I had I had seen his profile before and was not enthused. Uh, he's a contact-first um, infielder, mainly a shortstop nowadays. Um and this past season, we saw a little more power and we saw a lot more speed. Because in 2018, he attempted 30 stolen bases and succeeded in 17 of them. That's bad. This past year in, uh, in high A, he attempted, let's see, that'd be 31 stolen bases and succeeded in 24 of them. That's quite good, so I'm now more interested because he's a contact-oriented infielder with a little bit of pop that is willing to steal bases. That is something that definitely plays in a fantasy profile. So I'm I'm, I'm looking to see if he's available because I think he's going kind of one of those guys that could have fallen under the radar. Um, I he was one of those that wasn't really uh, hyped up too much. He was only a second round pick in 2017. So he wasn't the, he wasn't really like their highlight guy. So this might be a guy you check on to make sure he is owned in your dynasty league and if he is, let's throw throw an offer that owner's way. See what uh, see what they want for him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree
1: with you. I feel like he when you say a little bit of pop, I feel like he has plus pop there. I mean, like we're talking about a dude that hit 10 home runs yeah and the cali that's high a but i mean you put him in a course that we're talking about like a 20 home run dude he's got he True. posted a 367 obp i'm i'm in on that and like if you were to be on baseball prospectus or pay the money for that he has a 118 wrc plus in high a 114 wrc plus i'm sorry drc plus in uh, low a and so that that all means to say, basically, like Woba or you know, like any of the other metrics that you have with WRC plus. I think I I misspoke there. DRC plus is what he has for yes. one eighteen and DRC plus for one fourteen and low A. It's very similar to WRC plus and Woba. Basically, anything that you have where you are plus or, or over one hundred, you are better than the rest of the people that are there. Um, he performed. And so I'm taking him – if you have a hit first tool, if he's a top 100 prospect, of course like I'm in on him being a top 100 prospect, especially when he's in cores. It's just a question of like – Hey, you, you buy into Brian McMahon or you don't buy into Trevor Story and all of a sudden he pops and then um you have like Brendan Rogers and where does he play and you have all these infielder prospects that you buy into with the Rockies and then all of a sudden they either come out of nowhere and and you wish you would have had them early or they were supposed to be something and then they falter. So I don't know what to make of him, but I'm definitely going to have at least one or two shares of him just to make sure that I'm in early on him and he should be a top 100 prospect for most people, in my
2: opinion. I agree. Yeah. A couple of things we want to highlight here, Um, 10% walk rates and a 16% K rate. So yeah, like I said, hit first tool. Absolutely. Um, And the one thing I noticed as you were talking there he hit those twelve home runs this year with only a seven percent home run to fly ball rate. Yes, that is very low. Yes, so almost an, an anomaly. Definitely, yeah, the pop definitely has f- more to go. I mean, he he had a forty percent fly ball rate, so he's definitely willing to put the ball in the air. So, yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to check and make sure that I See if he's owned in my dynasty Before this episode goes out
1: <laughs> Well don't worry you got a few days We got a lot in, lot in the hopper right now um, So uh, Pitcher wise um, Ryan Rollison Are you buying A pitcher in the Colorado Rocky system
2: Nope You're not But I Ryan Rollison might be good I mean he might be good He's got some stuff. He definitely has some interesting stuff. Um, Good fastball that uh, is complemented by, I believe, a curveball. So it's, I don't know, man. I was looking at his splits, uh, home and away. Let me see if I can get those pulled up again here. Uh, Let's see. Where was that at? Uh, On the road, he had a 335 ERA. Gotta love that. At home, 606. That ain't great. And it's not going to get better. Wait, wait, wait um, hang on,
1: hang on. Let me write that down. 606 ERA, not good. Okay, got it, got it,
2: got, <laughs> it, got it, got it. I wrote it down. That ain't what you want. So <laughs> and the thing is, that was in a very hitter-friendly environment in Lancaster there. Um, so... It's not going to get better when he gets to the majors as far as that goes. He's going to have to figure out how to pitch in that kind of environment before I'm willing to buy in. Okay. I, I, he's super
1: raw right now. Um, baseball prospectus is very high on him, and so is Fancrafts, but like, you got to, uh, it's an uphill battle. It is an uphill battle being a pitcher. If he
2: were anywhere course. but Colorado, I would be very interested
1: yeah I mean if we were going to transition into the other dude that uh, is a pitching prospect and that is um, my boy Riley Pint Um, Riley Pint was the first pitching prospect that I really bought in on just because he had the stuff but he was never able to hone it in and I feel like being in those hitting environments really messed with his head and he really started like falling apart Um, and when you get into these hitting environments and you end up giving up so many home runs and you have this four ERA, inevitably your mental state kind of goes to this fact of like, oh, I need to fix this. I need to tinker. I need to do better. And it never – like you kind of lose who you are as a pitcher. And and that's why I'm – like I get it. I get why people are excited about Rollison, but – I mean, I don't know. Prove to me that you can you can do it, and then yeah. I will buy you when you are a three years in, and you're better than Jeremy Marquez because he is yeah. my golden boy. And if you can be better than he is, then I
2: will buy in. Yeah, when your pitches don't move the way you're used to them moving, it's it really gets into your head. We're getting kind of the Alex Think Fast territory here, but you know, it's kind of what it is at that point. Right. All
1: right, so Sam Hilliard and Colton Welker, go off, Austin. Do it. Yeah, dude.
2: We talked about Hilliard. He's a big boy, power, speed. It's really all there is to it. And he got a cup of coffee last year, so maybe the... uh Maybe the Rockies are willing to play him some this year. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, the other one I want to talk about was Colton Welker. Um, he is definitely someone who I've been interested in. This past year, he seemed to have taken a step back once he hit AAA. Uh, he's a contact first infielder, kind of third base, first base. They're trying to figure out where to put him there. Um and this past year, he really kind of took a step back. He, I thought he, he was getting more power. And then it, it, he only managed 10 home runs this past year. I, although I guess it was only in 98 games. So that's not bad. I think this is someone that you, if, he, if we see him have his career in colorado this is someone who could be like a 275 280 hitter uh with like 20 some 25 home runs this is a guy i think is definitely worth a look
1: all right i agree um but also that outfield is packed so well he's a first base third base guy
2: well but do you think he is gonna end up being a first base third base guy yeah, I mean, he's going to be their third baseman after they trade Arenado to the Braves. Or to the Cardinals. Get out of here. Mm.
1: <laughs> All right, my man. So this is it. This is the end. Did we not touch on a name? Or are there any other names that you really wanted people
2: to know about before we uh, we break here? Um, I was still, I was got to talk about Trevor Story, so that's really the important thing here. And Tony but, Walters. Uh, Oh, gross. But yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about
1: good. Do you want people to know your feelings on the fact that um, that the royal family is splintering right now? Do you have any feelings on that that you want people to know about? I have none. None, none that people don't already know
2: is what you're trying to exactly. say. I have no opinions on the royal family in the first place. Well,
1: I mean, but like this is a big deal. So everybody's really upset. Sure. Yeah. And... and- <laughs> And we all are – I mean like we're all thoughts and prayers to the royal family. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, I really do appreciate you coming on. I really, really do. And this has been amazing and I hope you can come on again.
2: Absolutely. Next time we'll have to do it in person. For those guys, for those of you who don't know, we're, we all actually only live like less than an hour apart. We're within so. spitting distance. Exactly, so we'll have to do it in person next
1: time. We are but it was fun. Bulls game, and and we can record live from the Durham Bulls game.
0: Oh yeah,
2: there we go. I love it. Or you can come to a Grasshoppers game here in Greensboro if if they're still around. Oh, don't say that. I mean,
1: I'm just. I mean, the reality of the situation is such.
2: But yeah. Well, it's been good, man. Thank you for having me on. Where Um, can people find you? Like, what are you going to be? Oh, Oh, yeah. Like, tell me all the things. I have another hitter profile coming out for The Athletics. I am working on my top 300 rankings. and I'm hoping to have out right around the end of January or early February. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Bristowski. I don't tweet as about baseball as much as I should, but I like to think that what I do tweet is entertaining.
1: Okay. So we're going to have you back on for the athletics, uh, uh, podcast here pretty soon. Perfect. All right, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right.